Thank you, choir. I invite you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Be reading from verse 7 through verse 18. 2 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The word of the Lord. Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon his preach word. Father, as we turn now to your word, we pray again this week that you, in fact, would be the one who is only able to affect our lives. We ask that you would do that. Would you open up our hearts and our minds this morning to what your scripture says is true of us, of how you've made us, of what you've made us to do, of how you've made us to live, of the great gift and the great promises that you have given to us. Father, I pray that you would affect our lives this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Six or seven years ago, uh, for Christmas, Lisa's family gave us uh, somewhat of kind of the dream vacation where we got to take our kids to Disney for a few days over the holidays. I wouldn't say it's exactly my dream, but it was a dream for most of us. What I remember about that trip, and our kids were younger, and you know they were right at the perfect age to do this, but one of my lasting memories is that my youngest son, Keaton, I think he would have been six, seven years old at the time, he was given a little debit card with a picture of Mickey Mouse on it. And Keaton thought he had all of the money in the world. I don't know how much it was, $1,500, something like that. But with that card in his pocket, 
He walked boldly into a souvenir gift shop of things, thinking he had all the power in the world. The only problem was he was so short and he was wearing Mickey ears and all that that the people didn't pay attention to him. He took his merchandise up to the counter, but he couldn't see over the counter. So he stood there for a while and no one paid attention to him whatsoever. And finally, he took that debit card out of his pocket, slammed it down, and he basically said, look at me. I got a picture of Mickey Mouse. I'm here to buy something. What I remember about that is as long as he had that little card and he remembered that, he was worth all the money in the world in his mind. Now, it only lasted 10 or 15 minutes because he was out of money very quickly. But the point is that as he remembered who he actually was with that card, he had power. Without that, he was just a short kid at Disney, just like millions of others. I want us to think about our passage this morning in the context that we are the people who are taking the message to our neighborhoods, to the nations, to our friends, to our family. We are taking the message of Jesus Christ. And it will only be effective when we remember it is what is inside of us who is doing the work. Uh, As you know, we're in a study of the book of Acts here at TCPC. Robert's been preaching the last few weeks through this, and as you probably know, Acts will record the conversion of the Apostle Paul. And we'll get to that uh, probably in several months. But then we will see his missionary work, and that will provide the earliest stages of the New Testament church. But what I want to think about this morning is what Paul dealt with with the people who would be the deliverers of this message. And what we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is that not only does Paul deal with the actual gospel message, but he also deals with us, the people who are the deliverers of this message. And what we're going to see is that the messengers of the proclamation, that our sins are forgiven in Christ alone, are now the deliverers of that message. So the people who believe the message are now the spokespeople of the message. Those who have put their faith in this message are now the ambassadors of the message. Those who believe are now the mouthpiece. So as Paul demonstrated this task in bearing witness in Corinth, the city that gave him fits, one problem after another, we're going to see how and why he carried this message of Christ. So my question for you this morning, how do you understand your calling? Are you aware of it? Do you ignore it? Are you motivated by it? Are your motives to do it, are they pure? I have two points for us this morning that really come from just verse 7, this well-known passage. I want us to see that we are very unlikely messengers, and secondly, that we have a very unbelievable message. Unlikely messengers unbelievable message. And my prayer for all of us this morning is that we will see ourselves as God sees us as we fulfill his mission. All right, first look back at verse seven and think about us being the unlikely messengers of this great message. I love this passage and many of you do as well. Let me read it again. Verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What we have here is Paul gives us both sides of a coin. 
On one hand, he talks about this incredible treasure that we possess. But then on the other hand, he talks about how we deliver this treasure, how we store this treasure. And typically with a treasure, imagine something valuable inside your home. We typically keep our most valuable possessions, oftentimes in places that are just as valuable as the possession itself. Sometimes our jewelry boxes are just as expensive as our jewelry. My next door neighbor here in town has the greatest baseball card collection in Kentucky. He's got rookie Mickey Mantles in his house. The safe that he owns is more valuable, I think, than the cards themselves. But yet here we see one of the contrasts of our way of doing things and how the Lord does things. Paul says that the treasure in which we possess, that is the person of Jesus Christ, is carried inside of jars of clay. And without question, when you hear this, when you read this, when the original audience would have heard and read this, it does cause you to have to beg the question, what's the big deal about a jar of clay? If I've got a treasure, why would it exist in something like that? Of course, as we read throughout the passage, we see that this jar of clay is actually our physical bodies. That's where this message resides, inside of our bodies. This message of Jesus that's going to change the world is alive inside of us, inside of the bodies that we possess. Now, let me assure you this morning... That as I look out across this congregation, you all look just beautiful. Your bodies, I'm sure, are perfectly healthy this morning. Many of you are wearing green this morning as you're supposed to be doing. You look great. CrossFit has made most of you all healthy as could be. But if you'll be honest for just a second, I think we'll all have to admit that what's true for every one of us, nobody's perfectly healthy this morning. Can we all agree? There have been surgeries, sicknesses, soreness, replacements, headaches, gray hair, no hair. All of this has been going on even just this week. We all have issues with our physical bodies. There's no glorified body in this room. No matter how good you look this morning, you're not glorified. Here's what scholars say about these jars of clay. I've enjoyed studying this this week. In the ancient Near East, every home would have had a plethora of these jars. They were cheap. They were easy to make. They were easy to produce. And they were prone to breaking. They were weak. Scholars would even say that they are delicate. Not delicate because they were beautiful, but delicate because if you held them too tightly, they would break. If you dropped them, they would break. They shattered constantly. Jars of clay had no components in and of themselves which could be recycled if broken. Metal, glass, you could recycle that. Clay, you just throw it away and make a new one. Yet, every home had them because they were absolutely necessary. You had to have something to store your possessions. Oftentimes, the jars of clay were used to hold the garbage You had to have a garbage can. So get this scene. Common, cheap, replaceable, breakable, 
and highly necessary. That's how the Bible describes us as we take the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. As we go to our neighborhoods, that's who we are. I hope you're encouraged this morning. And of course, you know why this is. The second half of verse 7. It's to show that the power is not in and of us, but the power is in God. He is the one who is able to give success. But as Paul describes us as unlikely messengers, he's not finished with just the clay pot. Look also in verses 8 and 9. He extends this even further. Notice what was true in his life. And as you read the rest of the letter, you see it's true in all of our lives as followers of Christ. Here's what he says. He says that he's been afflicted in every way. That is, in every single way a human being can can be distressed. Emotionally, financially, psychologically, spiritually, physically, every way he's been afflicted. He's been perplexed. That's when things never make sense and they only lead to pessimism and depression. He's experienced that. He's been persecuted. That is when he actually has an enemy trying to stop him. Lastly, he says he's been struck down. The word here is that of a wrestler who has lost the wrestling match and was picked up and thrown to the floor. So not only are we jars of clay, we have all of these things happening in our life all the time. This is what is a common, ordinary life of a clay jar. But what you need to know about these things this morning is that they are not accidents. Persecution wasn't an accident. Being struck down was not an accident. Being perplexed, being afflicted. No, these were sovereignly ordained afflictions given to the messengers to remind us that God is the only one who can bring success. So Paul reminds himself and he reminds us that if I try to build my life to make myself happy and peaceful, I'm never going to understand what life is about. But when I make my life about God's kingdom coming to this earth, now I am in the current of what God is doing. So therefore, then he can write in earnest, yes, I've been afflicted, but I haven't been crushed. I've been perplexed, but I haven't been given over to despair. I've been persecuted, but I haven't been forsaken. I've been struck down, but I haven't been destroyed. No, he stays on mission. But our humility is not yet finished. Look at verses 10 through 12. As Paul makes his final case to remind us that we are such unlikely messengers. It's here that Paul tells us that not only are we feeble, but more than that, the death of Jesus is at work in every one of us. That we are always being given over to Death. That is, these bodies that are the messengers are bodies that are decaying and dying. Our bodies are going the wrong direction. No matter how hard we try, no matter how much we work out, no matter all the supplements we take, we cannot remain young and healthy. I wish we could, but we can't. We're physically, our bodies are going the wrong way. We are unlikely messengers. As many of you know, the TCPC has had a Sunday afternoon basketball league for years. It's really pretty wild. We call it a church league, but most of our guys that play are not exactly our church guys. 
we have some former UK players, some former EKU players, and they're not always the best players. It's really an incredible basketball league. One of the legends of the TCPC gym, one of our all-time greats, we may even hang up his jersey someday and retire his number, an original member of the 38 Special, TCPC elder Casey Willis. You know what happened to Casey Willis this year? In our basketball league, Casey retired. You know why he retired? He told me at dinner this week, he retired because his legs hurt too much to keep playing. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I mean, Casey became the Michael Jordan with the Wizards. He couldn't help it. You know what's true again for all of us? is that our bodies are slowing down. It's what's true. Our bodies are moving in the wrong direction because death is at work inside of our bodies. Again, here are the attributes of the army of God. Common, replaceable, afflicted, dying, perplexed, persecuted, but useful. That doesn't sound like much of a tough opposition, does it? But this is the army of God. Let me ask you this morning. Perhaps you need to be humbled and realize that you are no more special than anyone else in this congregation as we take this task to our neighborhoods and to the world. There's no one here who cannot be replaced. John Wesley has this great quote. He says that God buries his workers and continues his work. God's work is always more important than the workers themselves. But for others of us this morning, perhaps you need to know that you're not disqualified in spreading the word because of your distress. In fact, you might be principally, providentially positioned to share Christ right where you are. Because in your distress, Christ is coming out of you. But for all of us, there is no place for us to forget our status. We are unlikely carriers. That's who we are. Our lives as followers of Jesus will never make sense if we don't recognize that our purpose in this world is to bear forth the light of Jesus. So first, we're we're the unlikely messengers. But secondly, notice this unbelievable message. Look back at verse 7. We have this treasure. This treasure. As we read 2 Corinthians 4 and then we read the rest of this letter and all the other letters of Paul, it's impossible not to notice just how much Paul suffered. You can't read anything about his life or for that matter anyone throughout church history and not see a consistent pattern of struggle, suffering, and difficulty. Often it is severe. We have already seen that Paul was afflicted and persecuted and thrown down and afflicted. And yet it's clear from his life that he continued to do it. He didn't stop. So it begs the question, what was fueling him? What was motivating him? What was inside of him that caused him to not quit? Well, it's clear it wasn't just because it was his job. It wasn't just on his to-do list to be a missionary. 
It wasn't because he enjoyed meeting new and interesting people. It wasn't that he was trying to find some discovery of of personal fulfillment. No, but there was something that drove him all the way to where he could tolerate these crazy Corinthians, all the way to a jail in Rome. He would not stop. As I studied and I read this week, I couldn't get past this one word. Paul didn't call this a letter. He didn't call it an announcement. He didn't call it a proclamation. All of those would have been true. He said he has this treasure. He has a treasure inside of him. And what was holding him was what possessed him. This treasure, something that was so valuable, so precious, so worthly, so costly that it controlled everything about him. And there was no distress that could come upon him that would cause him to not move forward. You see what scripture is telling us this morning. Whether you're taking the gospel message to Mexico or to Belarus or Togo or Scotland or to Veterans Park. It's not just something that you do to check off a box. It's something that you do that compels you from the inside. It's a message that defines our very essence. You see, our bodies are clay, and yes, they are growing weaker. But our lives are precious, and they are growing stronger. The story of Jesus inside of us compels us. It defines our very being. If you have your Bibles open, look at verse 6. I didn't read that, but it's hard to talk about verse 7 without looking at verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Do you see the treasure which Paul possessed The treasure that we have this morning. The treasure is a knowledge. The treasure is a knowledge that God himself has revealed his glory inside of a person. One person. And that person, Jesus, his life is inside of us. He's in us. You and I and all those who have faith in Christ now have this knowledge of a heavenly truth. In the Old Testament, God's glory was experienced on earth whenever Yahweh chose to reveal himself. Now in the New Testament, in Hebrews 1, we hear that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. The exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by his word and his power. And Paul says he's alive inside of us. So Jesus right now, his physical earthly body is with his father. But by his spirit, he's alive inside of you and me today. You see, this treasure that we have is a treasure that reconciles us to God. It removes our sin. It takes all of our sin away. This treasure that we have now gives us a whole new creation. Friends, if you have this treasure, your past is gone. Whatever your past was, it's over. You now have a future. And that future is whatever Jesus says it is. And he says it's good. This treasure is the possession of God's spirit inside of you. We cry, Abba, Father, by his spirit. He's indwelt upon us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. 
We have Jesus alive inside of us. We are clay pots. But good gracious, look what they're holding. Jesus himself. People of God, we possess what none of us could ever imagine. Do you know how special you are that Jesus Christ resides in you by his spirit? You know, if you're not a Christian this morning, but you're here today, and you hear us talk about being a church that wants to influence our world and our neighborhood, I hope that you'll hear from us, even if we say it very imperfectly. Our heart for Lexington, our heart for the bluegrass, is that people who are hurting by living in the darkness of not having this knowledge that Jesus Christ will so transform their lives, their homes, their families in such a way that they will be set free from their shame, that they'll be set free from their past, that they will now live with hope, that they will have a hope for the future. That is why we are doing this. It's because it's what Jesus is doing. This is our treasure. This is who Jesus is, and it's what Jesus does. Is there anything special about us? Well, not if you only look at our bodies. But if you look inside of us, we're just like a kid at Disney World with a ton of money in his pocket. He can go forever. His money will run out. Our spirit will not. Jesus Christ is alive inside of his people. Amen. Let me pray now and ask that the Lord will draw us near to him as we prepare to come to his table. So, Father, we do think about the reality that you love us so much that you came and you established this meal and all that this meal represents, all that this meal means. So, Lord, as we prepare to come, would you prepare us to taste of your goodness to us again. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen.